ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. There's 60,000 wool growers in Australia and many are struggling to find shearers. It's hoped breakthrough research into biological wool harvesting will give more growers more options when it comes to removing the fibre. Kara Jeffrey has the story. I work with the two most sceptical groups of people on the planet, farmers and scientists, you know. No one believes anything is going to work, but I think this will. That's University of Adelaide's Professor Phil Hind, and he's doing his best to convince the wool industry he's not reinventing the wheel with Bioclip 2.0. So we've been working on an alternative to shearing for about 20 years now. People would be aware of Bioclip and robot shearing and so on. We took a different approach to those. They were basically trying to replicate shearing, you know, getting the wool off by cutting it. One of them cut it, Bioclip cut it with a chemical, and um, robot shearing, of course, was using the same sort of um, equipment to, to cut wool. In case you missed it, about two decades ago, Bioclip emerged and was touted as a biological defleecing process. Sheep were given a single vaccination of something called epidermal growth factor, a naturally occurring protein that caused wool fibres to break. The fleece was then shed into a net the sheep was wearing and then later removed. We took a completely different approach to that. We decided that if it was possible to make wool weak, weak enough to be easily broken by a non-cutting machine, but strong enough to stay on in the field. Now, that was a pr- that's a pretty big ask. Um, and probably 20 years ago, we got some way towards that. We, we got a long way, actually. We created a weak point. We could break it with a little simple machine that didn't cut you. Um, but there was something missing, and that was we were doing it with a protein called Zane. And Zane is part of corn protein. And um, when we fed that to sheep, we found that it created the weak point we wanted. But we knew that feeding wasn't the way to go. We knew that we had to have better control of how much the animal got and for a short period of time. So we, we needed an injectable. And that's where we've made the big breakthrough now. It is completely different to Bioclip. This is not Bioclip 2. This is a completely different system. The idea is we create the weak point with an injection, which is done the same as farmers do for vaccinating sheep, subcutaneous, under the skin, and we wait two or three weeks, maybe four weeks, for the wool to grow under that weak point, and then we break it with a simple machine that just takes it off with no combs and cutters. In fact, we hope it'll be done without any people involved. It'll just be done with an automatic machine. It's also suitable for pregnant ewes, unlike Bioclip. Professor Phil Hind and his team recently demonstrated their research at a field day hosted by Australian Wool Innovation at Canago in southern New South Wales. George Millington from renowned South Australian merino stud Collinsville was pretty impressed. If there's anything that we can invest in as an industry to actually try and make sheep farming more attractive and try and make wool growing more attractive and easier for the grower to do, I think we should do it. At the moment, from what I've seen today, it's probably more being able to give a grower who wants to shear 200 sheep and is unable to get shearers for the day, but I think there'll still be a lot of room for large contract shearing teams uh, to shear in commercial situations. Ian Lugsden and his family used Bioclip on their merino flock at Hay in the New South Wales Riverina for several years. So he was keen to see the difference, especially given the nets that were used in the Bioclip process have been ditched. The only problem we had with it was getting the wool out of the nets. Because we have a lot of trefoil, um, the, the issue then was it took quite a while to get the wool out of the nets. 
the first two years, or the second and the third year, we actually sent it to China in the nets. And even the Chinese didn't want to pull it out of the nets. So that's telling you something how hard it is. While Professor Phil Hind and his team of researchers have worked out how to weaken the fibre via an injectable, they now need help with an engineering solution to remove the wool. At the moment we're looking at kind of plucking machines and so it just moves across the body and the, and the wool, when, when we get it right, the wool peels off the front of that plucking device and just we, we, we hope to remove it then with a, a vacuum system. Australian Wool Innovation CEO John Roberts is prepared to spend more money to make biological wool harvesting work. So far, the wool grower levy-funded research, development and marketing body has sunk $1.4 million into the research and will spend more to find an engineering solution. We want to spend as much as is needed on this, on this project. Um, right now, it's, it's apparently it's enough, but I think going forward, when we get to the harvesting piece, we're going to need to invest more money, absolutely. Ultimately, what the industry wants to know is the on-farm cost of biological wool harvesting. Professor Phil Hind. Very early days to start predicting costs, to be honest. At the moment, the agent is our best candidate. I costed at the extraction that we're doing is about 20 cents a dose. Now, that's not what it's going to cost when it gets onto the market, but we're in the right ballpark, right? That was University of Adelaide's Professor Phil Hind ending that story from Cara Jeffrey. And you can tune in to Landline this Sunday to find out more about biological wool harvesting. Meanwhile, the ever-increasing demand for skilled workers within the sheep and wool industry has seen a Western Queensland shearing team take matters into their own hands. Ross Shearing, based in Barcaldon, is in the process of designing and building a dual-purpose crutching and shearing trailer, which will allow them to take on more work. Simone Pricks says the team were turning away work last year and hope the new trailer will attract more staff. We've wanted to put one in the works for a little while and we had the idea to make it a dual-purpose so we could shear and crutch on it. And then we have decided to go with a design that will eliminate the catch and drag element where the shearers or crutches grab the sheep out from the race. We hope to get that up and running by next year. So we're pretty well knee deep in the the design phase of it. Andrew's also a trainer with AWI and we hope to incorporate some of the training element as well because over the last few years we're seeing a ever-increasing uh, worker shortage, both shearers, crutches, shed hands, classes, presses, the whole works. Um, it's getting harder and harder to source local workers. Um, so hopefully by incorporating some of the training element to it as well, um, with Andrew's training background, we'll be able to take it to various schools in the area um, rather than them coming out to a shed because we've often had um, – even just our local school in Barcaldon, um, wanting to come out um, to the shed and see what it's all about and bring their ag kids out. Um, but the logistics of that when we're 200k away or um, at a further shed like up at Hewenden or out at Quilpie, it's just not feasible for them. Hopefully we can also incorporate, yeah, bring it to them, so to speak. So even though they can see what it's about, get a bit of an exposure to the industry because even though a lot of the kids um, live and breathe out back Queensland, some of them don't 
or have never seen shearing or crutching before and don't actually know what it's about. They've only heard about it. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that will entice and um, encourage more young people to to get in the industry so we don't, yeah, we don't lose it. So, I yep. mean, how are you hoping that it's going to, you know, streamline the process for you and the team and, and make things a little bit easier? You're obviously incredibly busy, so how will this help? Yeah, like we're we're booked out months in advance. We're finding that like last year predominantly we were just purely shearing and we were knocking back work for crutching because we we just didn't have one the manpower, we didn't have the trailer. Um so hopefully, yeah, by by adding that we can we hope to create up to eight jobs. So um four shearers and crutches. Um some some shed hands, so between two and three, as well as a, a penner upper, and even potentially a mobile cook that will feed and look after the team. Are there yeah. the people to fill those jobs that you hope will be created once this trailer's up and running? Um, we hope so because often we get some people that are interested, but um, there's not the consistency of the work. Um, so by us adding that service, we can create a longer job for them hopefully we can do it 